Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Nile or Nine podcast. It is episode 200. <laughs> Do you have Hello? a little boop, 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 boop? Ding, ding, ding. What other, what other items have I got here? Drama- welcome to episode 200 of the Nile or Nine podcast, in which we'll find out who the killer really is. <laughs> <laughs> Who killed Andrea? Andrea's a clone and was replaced around an epi- episode 130. Um, That's right. That's hello, right. everyone. How episode are we 200. All? Here we are. We've got crisps, I think, on Niall's side. Yeah. Can of fizzy pop. Cans. Can of. Um, and uh, here's some fizzy AMS- ASMR for you. Nice. Very nice. Nice, bro. Very good. I have some um, some squash, some orange and pineapple squash, because we decided we want it to be, we don't want it to be like a, we wanted it to be a party vibe, mm. but it is a Wednesday night, so we've gone with like a the crisps and fizzy drink children's party <laughs> to celebrate Exactly. Well, I was out last night thing. myself. Oh, were you? As you you were went to dry to cleaning, did you? I did, yeah. I was supposed to be, yeah. Yeah, they were really good, um, as predicted. Um, yeah, it was really good in Vicar Street. They're such a great band. They're so, she's so Florence Shaw, so gangly and, and odd. And uh, yeah, no, I mean, great. I'm kind of used to it now. You're like, it's my second, third time seeing them live now, I think. So kind of know what to expect. Um, mm. What I love about them is it just... It's so minimal in loads of ways. I mean, they're a really good band and they're great at what they do. But she, like, it's so understated and <laughs> it still mm-hmm. it sustains your interest across an entire, um, well, full gig with two albums worth of material to play with. 
And I did buy a copy of the album with the horrible artwork because um, they were so good. Even I had to yeah. look past the crap artwork, the scummy artwork, and um, really uh, enjoy and uh, luxuriate. Bring it home because I have the other album on, on vinyl. So um, it's great to have it. Uh, they're a great band. Very good. Dry Clean and Rock. And I didn't see the support, but that was because meeting pals beforehand and all that kind of stuff. So look. I'm hope I hope two two sport bands pretty good, um. But it was yeah. a great gig on a Tuesday gig, and I had a few points last night. So there Oopsies. was that. Yeah, I had um just completely forgotten that it was on, <laughs> um, was far too busy um to go. Unfortunately, because I was really sad then, but um, thankfully the uh the tickets I had were sold on. So great. Um, but and then tomorrow I'm going to see you tomorrow because we are both at the uh, out of place documentary, right? We are, yeah. I'm hosting the Q and A, um, which should be good fun. Um, it's sold out, I believe, so you can't get tickets. But if you have tickets, I'll see you there. Yeah. Um, so this is out of place, yeah. a documentary about uh, the Limerick music scene by Phelan Agrena, who's which is a small festival run uh, in Limerick and um, so yeah you, you've obviously seen it by now if you're doing yes. a Q&A so you know what to what to expect um, looking forward to it that's happening in A4 Sounds but there are some other tour dates around Ireland if you are interested in that other than A4 Sounds on Thursday 16th February there's Spirit Stored and Dock 17th February 18th February Queen's Film Theatre in Belfast 24th February Palais in Galway and 25th of February, The Model in Sligo. So, uh, yeah. Phelan Agrania's, that's an out of place documentary about Limerick's music scene. You can find out more about that on, uh, well, Phelan Agrania or 909.com. You can search and find all the info yeah. there. So, that's that. What else has been happening? Um, we had a big night of music, a bigger night of music than we had of sport because uh, the Super Bowl was on. And of course, so, as we've Niall, discussed a tell lot. Me- Tell me about your Super Bowl night. Did you stay up? I didn't, no. Um, I had, Did you try uh, to and then fail <coughs> to no, stay up? No, no, I didn't at all because we had somebody coming to do something in the house at 8 a.m. Um, so there was no okay. way I was going <laughs> to stay up late and uh, then get up really early as soon as somebody arrived. So, yeah, no, uh, getting some work done in the house. Uh, uh, so it just meant that there was no way I was going to stay up late. So... Looked like a good game, though, all the same, if you're interested in Super Bowl. And I, I, you, I see I was into American football when I was younger because I had my my granny's brother brought me like two annuals of American football stuff. He's actually living in London, oh. but he was into it because they were showing it on I think Channel 4 at the time. I remember he bought me uh, these, these American football books. But I, I was always like obsessed with the... Kind of the iconography of this, of uh, the NFL. I thought it was just like it was mm. really bright and um, so well designed, and lots of like lovely complementary and contrasting colors in the the designs of the either the uh, crests or the the logos or the or the way what they were wearing and um, their mm. their uniforms. And so I always had a soft spot for it, and uh, it's just so much easier to watch it now than it used to be. Though you know, yeah. anyway, I didn't watch that, but I did. The next day, watch uh, the Super Bowl halftime show, which I'm sure many people did, which of course was Rihanna. So, yeah, how did you feel about uh, Rihanna's? I mean, where do you think Rihanna's performance stood in? We've obviously talked about Super Bowl before in the context mm. of what it is and 
and who has done a good job of it. But how do you think she, maybe it's too early to say in the long pantheon of, of uh, performances, but how do you think she's stacked up? Yeah, it was it was an interesting one. Um, obviously, there was the uh, unveiling of her pregnancy, um, which got a lot of people talking. So for obvious reasons, there wasn't a whole lot of dancing um on rihanna's part anyway she did have a massive massive troop of dancers with her um so i watched it the next morning and after i'd kind of seen the reaction i didn't stay up i stayed up i watched enough football this is what i do every year i watch enough football um to the point where i'm like oh yeah yeah, yeah i i understand it now <laughs> um and then i go to bed <laughs> unless unless it's a big artist i've stayed up for I stayed up for Kendrick, I stayed up for Beyonce, I stayed up for people who I really, really love. And I will say, I'm not like, I, I really like Rihanna. I think she's really talented. I think she's got great songs, but she's not my, she's yeah. not my pop girly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, sure. So for, for some people, she's like the number one. She's kind of like the, the indie scene person's pop star, I think. Mm. Um, but, yeah, she's but for to be me, no. in that way. Yeah, yeah. But for me, like I, I like her, but I I'm not like an album fan sort of thing. Um I'm just I'm I'm happy she's back and uh, from what I hear her makeup line is uh, actually very good. But um I watched it and, and I was like, Yeah, this is really good, really entertaining. It's a great reminder of how many really, really great songs she has. Um yeah. when when she started Umbrella, I was like, oh God, yeah, I forgot that she's gonna do Umbrella. Like that's, you know, I'd I'd sort of forgotten about one of her biggest songs, which is kind of, you know, goes to show how many like really, really huge ones she has. But then I watched um I then went and watched a few of the other big um Super Bowl performances. So I watched both of Beyonce's ones. I watched Lady Gaga um, I watched Katy Perry. Who else did I watch? I watched a few. And I just kind of felt like Rihanna's show was missing, not necessarily her flipping around on wires like Gaga or, you know, the the dance moves of uh, of Beyonce. But I just thought it was missing, like maybe just some spectacle. Because I was, we were watching, um, Harry and I last night were watching Lady Gaga. And there was like two or three times when Harry said to me, like, how did they do that? Like there was just kind of something happening in in the kind of the the stage production mm. that makes you go like, oh, how did they do that? Or what's that? Like, where's that coming from? And I think when you're when you're watching a Super Bowl halftime show, you should be asking yourself, how did they do that? And with Rihanna, I, I didn't really get the sense that this was, you know, a a, a, a performance that was meant to like blow our minds. I think there was just something lacking for me. I enjoyed the platforms I, now. I enjoyed the platforms. They yeah, were, but the I, I, w- once I kind of, once I got used to the platforms that went through them. Once I got used to the platforms though, I was like, oh, okay, just more, more platforms. Um, mm. Yeah. I'm, and I will say I'm in the absolute minority here. Um, people loved it. Um, but it wasn't, I, I don't, I don't see myself, I watch Super Bowl performances a lot. I watch like halftime performances a lot because like, as we've discussed before on like, I can't remember if it was a full episode we did on it, but we definitely talked at length yeah. about like the Super Bowl and 
yeah, I'm just really interested in in the Super Bowl halftime show as a as a piece of media, uh, as a piece of music media, and so I I do watch them like relatively often, but this just doesn't feel like one I'm going to return to. To be honest, yeah. I think she kind of made it brought the Super Bowl into her own vibe more than anything else. He was like, mm. "This is what I want to do," and you you're there's no guests coming on. Uh, loads of dancers with her but that was kind of it and like yeah she she is pregnant so you know that does probably reduce the um literal it reduces what she can on. do yeah, yeah but i don't think it reduces what like the show could be you know um it was a good reminder that um like you said she does have so many hits and it was nice to hear a bit of all the lights as well in there and diamonds is such a good song <laughs> i was yeah. really happy about all of the lights because was it that morning or like the morning before it was like sunday morning i sent you a voice note about how much i love all of the lights <laughs> yeah. So it was, yeah i was like yeah this is sweet <laughs> so yeah it is um i don't think it's going to be a, an all-timer for sure no, um, I don't think so either. And, and and I know for some people it is. I know some people absolutely loved it. I saw Louise Bruton posting that she loved it. And usually if I have an opinion about pop stuff that isn't the same as Louise Bruton's, I, I do double check myself and I'm like, hmm, maybe, maybe I should think what Louise thinks because she usually has very good pop opinions. And she loved it. But for me, maybe, look, it's it's probably a mixture between me having very, very high expectations for the halftime show because I'm such a fan of the halftime show and also not being like a Rihanna stan yeah. or like a big Rihanna fan. I think those two things in tandem with one another. But I will say, like, I'm not a fan of Katy Perry at all. And I think her halftime show was brilliant. So I think like, yeah, there's there's ways around it. And I think Katy Perry's one was like... Watch it again last night. Those sharks, man. I forgot <laughs> how much fun they are. Like the whole the, the the California girls performance during her halftime show is just so much fun. Um and it, it it's kind of like it's it's a bit irresistible. And I feel like the halftime show should kind of pull a lot of people in that way. Whereas, like you said, I think Rihanna was like, no, the Super Bowl needs to get on my vibe. Um, yeah, which is yeah. also absolutely fair enough. And, and a very interesting way to approach your halftime show. But for me, it wasn't it. But I fully understand that I'm in the minority there. Yeah, and I'm enough. willing to take any and all flack from, from the pop girlies. Yeah. Oh, they're coming for you. I know. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember was the Katy Perry one had uh, there was an Irish man behind uh, some of the production on that? Oh, uh, really? Yeah, her creative director, Katy Perry's creative director, was a guy called Baz Halpine. Or well, Halpine. he was a genius because uh, her show was great. Yeah, she came so, out in the big lion. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It was, it was yeah, cool. very silly, very fun. But then we um, watched um, we watched Lady Gaga right after. Because I had never seen all these. And I was like, oh, we have to like ah, show you all, all these. Where's we watched been? Gaga. And he he was just so blown away by Gaga. Like, he, he was like, like you laugh and you cry with Lady Gaga. Like, remember, she she was like up on top of the stadium. Yeah. And then she like jumps down. And then at the end of her performance, she like drops the mic and then like just flips off the platform and looks like she plunges to her death. It's so, so good. It's so camp. <laughs> it's so huge. And like her voice is incredible. Like she's, she's dancing. She's playing the guitar. 
She's amazing. Um, so yeah, it was just missing Rihanna, just missing that bit. Yeah, of I mean, it, maybe it missed a bit of Baz Halpin's uh, touch. Mm. Uh, he he's a creative director. He was a creative director. is creative director of uh, Katy Perry's tour. Uh, also mm. designed shows for Pink and Taylor Swift. Also put together Britney Spears' Planet Hollywood tour in Vegas. Um, wow. So he also said, um, oh, Halpin was also allegedly the reason why uh, Katy Perry and Taylor Swift fell out after after Swift reportedly refused to hire him again if he worked with Katy on the Super Bowl. That's so him. So it says here, yeah. Um, he's the guy that co- that was the the root of the big falling out. I remember that. I thought it was yeah. a dancer that had them falling there out. You there go. you go. Mm. Uh, speaking to the Hollywood Reporter in 2015 he said uh, about the halftime show I used to say that's ridiculous you can never do that now I just say you want to fly in on a giant banana and burst into flames we'll make it work <laughs> yeah yeah see so we need Baz where was Baz for Rihanna you must, know? Check, must check and see what he's been doing the last few years um, what he's been up because, to because uh, it sounds like a man in need uh, of of a big show so yeah he's still working mm. with Katy Perry it seems yeah, that's title. good. All right. To be fair um, to Katy Perry, not a big fan of her, but her live shows do look like a lot of fun. So, oh yeah, she's she's doing a Vegas res- residency as well. Is she, yeah, they love oh, Vegas. She did one. Adele did Elvis one, teach obviously. us nothing? <sighs> Don't like that film. <laughs> not for me. Not for me. I I kind of forgot what what the Baz Luhrmann vibe was. I was like, oh my god, relax. <laughs> Oh yeah, I forgot this is what he does. I hadn't seen one of his films for a while. I was like, what's going on? And then the I love the idea of someone just saying relax to yeah. Baz Luhrmann. <laughs> I really have, like have that a film. bath, Baz Luhrmann. Just I'd like well, have yeah. a, just chill out for a little bit. Baz uh, Luhrmann? <laughs> Baz Luhrmann. Uh speaking of uh big uh, shows and spectacles. Um, I know we talked about the Grammys last week, but I did happen to catch after we recorded um, last week's episode some of the Grammys uh, performances as well. And the one that stood out to me was now you're going to see a lot of things this year uh, for hip hop because um, it's the 50th anniversary of hip hop, and as a result, there's going to be a lot of um, kind of spectaculars and uh, centenary performances and all this kind of stuff. So. Um, Half centenary performances. Um, so the Grammys one was actually really good. Um, obviously, it had they got the right person involved in in which the curator Questlove did that. He put the whole thing together. The Roots were the backing band, and it was basically a thirteen minute um, run through of all sorts of hip hop, um, especially from the early like the first 15, 20 years, really. So it had obviously the Roots, LL Cool J, uh, Big Boy of Outcast, Busta Rhymes came on. Uh, DJ Drama, J- DJ Jazzy Jeff, Grandmaster Flash, uh, Sugar Hill Gang, I think we're on it as well, Salt and Pepper, uh, Queen Latifah, Ice T, uh, Method Man, Missy Elliott, <laughs> Public Enemy, uh, Rakim, The Roots, uh, Run DMC, Little Uzi Vert, uh, The Locks. So many of them came out. So it was actually like, you're like, oh, what's going on now? What's going on? <laughs> what's going on now? And uh, yeah, it was really cool, actually. Um, and I thought I was very impressed with it. And De La Soul actually did perform as well, but obviously not a true guy of De La Soul because it turned out as we woke up on Monday, Monday morning that he had passed away at the age of 54. Mm. So I think the other two guys performed Buddy uh, very, uh, very quickly as part of that but he wasn't obviously there because he passed away at, uh, later that night so 
Uh, he was actually dealing with uh, congestive heart problems. Very sad. Um, his second name is actually Jolly Core. So it's like same Jolly Heart. So it's a bit sad. It, it was mm. overall, I mean, he has been dealing with it for a long, long time. And it's really bad timing for them. And as they're in terms of their legacy, because a lot of their music has been off streaming services since forever. And mm. they'd been starting to tease a few of the first album. Um, a couple of the first album singles like I Know and The Magic Number were back on streaming service for the first time ever. And uh, yeah, I mean, they, they, I think their first two albums remind me like Three Feet High and Rising, 1989 and uh, De La Soto's Dead. I mean, obviously they're classic rap records, but they remind me of burning CDs uh, from uh, mm. albums that I got off the internet because... Uh, and then making, downloading covers from whatever those CDR covers were. Do you remember them? <laughs> um, yeah. CDcovers.com or whatever, CDcovers.cc or something like that. I used to download them and print them out. And I was like, yeah, I've got this album now. Um, but yeah, it just took me right back to that because I don't have, because you don't have that, I don't have the copies of those albums because um, I, I think I have them on a hard drive somewhere. So you have to kind of like dig them out. Um, but yeah, sad to hear like ultimately all of their music is going to end up on streaming services and the first six albums on March 3rd. So this was supposed to happen a long time ago. Um, They had a dispute between the band and Warner uh, Records. And uh, so they said apparently Warner wouldn't clear the samples because there's many samples on these records. Like listening to the first two albums there today, I heard, I heard Jim, I heard the Doors uh, being sampled there's this, obviously Steely Dan would I know and uh, what's the other one oh Hall of Notes would be a big one so mm. I think there was a bit of reluctance there to actually clear those songs for samples and then Tommy Boy Records bought it in 2017 and they were another uh, <laughs> they, they didn't quite fix things either because they were only offered uh, the band were only offered 10% of the revenue uh, for digital which was pretty 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 low 10%. It is, yeah. So I think uh, uh, 2021, um, Reservoir Media acquired Tommy Boy uh, for 100 million and Della Soul's music became back as a, um, well, it was due to be back on uh, on March 3rd, 2023. So it still is. But yeah, it seems like they've arrived at some sort of thing. I guess that's some small thing for, for the band themselves. Pity. Um, True Guy was never wasn't around, or or um, Plug Two, as he also is also known. Um, to see that, I think I saw them in two thousand and five at, uh, or was it two thousand five, two thousand six? Maybe they were at uh, Electric Picnic, were they? Two thousand five. I think that was my first year at the picnic, actually, two thousand five, and I think they played in the second or third stage, if I remember correctly. So, uh, a long, long time ago, really. Ooh. But speaking of a long time, time ago, Andrea. It's time to get to the Q&A section of this episode. To mark 200 episodes, we thought we'd have a bit more of a casual episode than a strict planning one. Do you, I have a question for you though. Yes, please. Yes. Do you know oh. when the first podcast we recorded together was? Um, what year are we now? And do you know what it was? I think I know what it was. I think. I think it was, was it like, underrated Kate Bush songs. You're close. Um, I think that was like the third oh, was it? Oh, what was one the we did. first one? Yeah. 
So I'm going to say, yeah. what, 2018? Is yeah. that right? Five years. Jesus. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, Summertime, nearly. wasn't it? It was June. June, yeah. yeah. June 28th was the first one June that came 28. out. And, our, and our, what was and going our on around that time? changed. Um, what was going on around, June 28th, 2018? It was, it was hardly like- a certain season. It was yay season. Oh, oh! Did that we was do our Kanye first episode. episode? Yeah, what, what was Kanye... our? How did we frame it? There wasn't an album, was there? Uh, oh, there was. So I don't actually have. For some reason, the original one isn't it was there. The... But it was pretty much five yeah, albums yeah, had come yeah, yeah. out, and we we discussed them oh, all. Oh my god! So that was our first ever uh, episode. Jesus, myself and so together. much content in one episode. Yeah. Have you listened to it? <laughs> and you know, we did the week afterwards. Do you know, I have to go dig it out because for some reason, I only realized when I went to look at it that I moved, I moved the podcast over to ACAST recently. And for some reason, there's a chunk of three months of the podcast that just don't, aren't there. Okay. Now, I think I have to file somewhere else. I don't know but, if I can uh, bring myself to so I have to go to and re-upload them. <laughs> I know, because I was going to ask you what it, what it what the vibe was because like, like I can't remember I can't remember either <laughs> I, I imagine I think I remember like coming in with like a lot of notes and wanted to be like really like knowledgeable and like really professional do you know what I mean like not professional in like I don't know I was like I, I came in wanting to impress and I came in wanting to be really knowledgeable so I might have I probably like over prepared for that episode which I think I probably did for maybe the first like six months of us doing the podcast and now we've gone the other way we don't prepare at all now we're like uh, <laughs> no, we're like loosey-goosey no, but yeah no i think like maybe even the first year i reckon i probably w- was like really yeah. like okay i need to like sort out my thoughts on everything and a lot of the times now i'm kind of like figuring out how i feel about music like on the podcast <laughs> which is i don't know yeah. I, I think that's nice but um yeah Listen. yay season yeah i i could have sworn it was the kate bush one because i remember the kate bush one really yeah well. that was the third that's one so i think interesting. uh but you know what the second one was absolutely not no no idea well you're gonna love this this was the unavoidable drake episode about scorpion <gasps> that's what we reviewed scorpion episode. that was the second one i'm surprised you stuck around to be honest Jesus Christ. yeah but yeah, you know what ep- i did episode we, one we did five give you kanye west albums <laughs> episode two drake like <laughs> it's a wonder a 90 minute drake 90 album. minute drake, a 90 album. Minute drake album and then yeah thankfully i got some kate bush for episode three <laughs> And do you know what else you got in that what? episode? An, an introduction to John Coltrane as well. Oh, did I do you did an introduction to John Coltrane? Introduction to, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. So Jesus. So that's something. And then the following week, yeah, we had a Kate Bush bit. So, you know, it wasn't all bad. It wasn't, wasn't all bad. bad. That's so funny. <laughs> but actually, the reason I'm asking you that is because we did ask, uh, we did put out a call this week for uh, uh, a Q&A and I, I can't stop Thinking about Peter McGann's uh, <laughs> sketch about Irish podcast. Hey guys, this week's topic on the pod is the ick. We want to hear what gives you the ick. The weirder, more random, the better. Be it in a past relationship or a current one. Don't worry, anonymity is guaranteed. Just comment in the box below. Uh, the weirder, the wackier, the better. Myself and Shane will read the best ones out in the pod. And we'll even be sharing a few icks of our own. Thanks for being guys. Hey guys, this week's topic on the pod is... Dating horror stories. Me and Shane want to hear your dating horror stories. Just comment in the box below and uh, let us know the weird director better. Myself and Shane will read some of the best ones out in the pod and we'll be sharing a few of our own as well. Thanks for being, guys. Cut a bit deep for me. 
Yeah, um, as he always. It's does. funny. I said in the in the in the Discord, someone posted it was Owen posted it in the Discord, and um, I said that I'd bought tickets to see. I I'm going to see Peter Peter McGann in uh, Baker Street, but like me too. Yeah, but anytime I see one of his sketches, is particularly you, you know the way he's like usually like he's like quite close to the camera, and he's like really like mm. just really talking to you close. I can't like look at him in that character like straight on i can only really look at him in my peripheral vision so i don't know what i'm gonna do at vicar street like because he just makes me oh uh, you'd be fine he so, won't be looking at like, you directly he just fine. makes me want to jump out of my own skin with humor i mean that in a good way i mean that in like a complimentary way i hope that's clear yeah. but like yeah that podcast one hit close to home <laughs> We did actually do, yeah, we did Kate Bush one and then ABBA's Best Bits and uh, then something about Pete Doherty's Breakfast Challenge. I don't know. That what was, that was about. he had, he he ate a, a big plate of breakfast. A big plate of food. <laughs> and I was really happy And then there was a the whole Azealia, Branks, Grimes and Elon Musk trifecta. Um, yeah, so it's all coming back that. to me now. This is when we were... Yeah, this one kind of when we did more of, uh, it was kind of a magazine style. We did songs a week and all that kind of stuff, album of the mm. week. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because um, Kean had a few questions and a few people had a few questions asking uh, the origin story of the podcast. I guess that's the, that's when we started it's the most this iteration of boring. the podcast. You and I starting is the most boring or- origin story, but you talk about the original origin story of the well no i mean let me just okay well let me say i well i think i did a podcast i did a 909 pod nine or nine podcast in 2000 and let me see what year it was when i actually started um i did a podcast originally where i like i played music from 2007 on a monthly podcast like irish music and stuff 2007 and then i did it pretty regularly i think until 20 what do you mean playing music like, sorry, that was really accusatory, yeah. but like, like, <laughs> like a, like a set or like, like a DJ set, but no, in podcast like, form like or? a radio show oh, kind right. of like talking a bit, a bit, but then also just mostly playing. I see. Uh, it's a song. <laughs> what do you mean playing music? More than bits of songs. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there was a bit of that. And then we kicked it back in when podcasts were coming back. I was like, ah, oh, we should really do that again. So 2014, I finished. So I did that for a good while. And then kicked it back in in 2017, knowing that I wanted to do something, mm. uh, podcast again, but I um, knowing also that I wanted a co-host. Mm. And originally uh, there was uh, Ellen Fitzpatrick was actually doing, did about 10 or 12, maybe, no, maybe 15 episodes with me. She was actually um, editing it as well. Um, I think she had sent me an email and I was like, oh, she's interested in podcast. Let's see. Uh in the end, Ellen, um, who now works with other voices, actually, and went, had, she got a job with uh, Body Tonic and just didn't have time to do the podcast. Yeah. So I had heard about somebody, uh, a music writer called Andrea Cleary True. Um, no encore? It was another podcast you did. Um, it oh, was, it might it was have been the International the, Women's the Day stuff, podcast. International Women's Day podcast that I hosted. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it was. And I was like... Cool. And then I just asked you because we'd never met. No. Yeah. So that's, that's, I think, wh- why I say it's the most boring origin story because a lot, some people have origin stories about like 
you know, their creative collaborations. It's like, yeah, we've just been talking about it for so long over drinks or like we've always wanted to do it. It's like Niall and I did not know each other. I knew like of you. Mm. I followed you and like followed the website and stuff, but like never met you. You were like a, just like a faceless like website <laughs> to me. And then I got a DM from you and you were like, would you be interested in like hosting a podcast, come in to the office and have a chat with me? And I was like, yeah, that sounds like fun. I'd been on like, I think I'd been no, on no encore like two times and I'd done that Women's Day thing. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like fun. Yeah. And then I came in and met you and we both seemed to want to like do similar things with the podcast in that like we I remember us talking a lot about like we wanted it to be like a fairly positive space like we didn't want to like which we haven't always adhered to um we've definitely gone in on some things it's hard to stay it's hard to stay positive yeah but I mean like we we, we didn't it's hard to stay reasons to be cheerful all the yeah time. exactly <laughs> but we wanted it to be like a, a, a pretty positive place um that was more about like either sharing interesting information about music or doing a bit of like like from from my side of things, um, it's always like how music and society or music and culture kind of interact um, and what music yeah. means culturally. And then also just like recommending music that we like to people. Um, so we were kind of like we were really on on like the same page with it. And then I think like the week after that, we recorded our first episode. So like when we recorded episode mm. one of you and I together, we'd met once and had maybe sent about like four texts to each other, like four WhatsApps back and forth. Um, yeah. Hence, hence my like actually, preparedness and like just coming in and being a bit like, oh, what? Like, <laughs> I forgot the other thing that happened the first week. Do you remember this? No. We lost an entire section <gasps> of the we podcast. We did. We did a review of the Carter's album. I don't know how you stuck around. Beyonce Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And we, and we did tracks of the week as well and because we were recording it in the office and manually together and there's something mm. something went wrong with the device and it just cut off and but before i realized it had cut off we'd already talked for like 25 oh, we'd minutes we'd done like the whole like review of beyonce and jay-z and yeah. you know what i have absolutely no recollection of what my opinion on that album was <laughs> i have no <laughs> clue what i said at all that's so yeah forgotten all about that yeah but yeah that's our that's our origin story like as as a lot of beautiful partnerships do begin it started with a dm and (laughs) we took it from there um but we're we're very glad we did Uh, a non a non creepy a non creepy dm he opened with hi i'm not a creep um but yeah yeah that's the origin story it's i mean it's boring but it's how a lot of stuff like this in like the media in ireland (laughs) happens to <laughs> twitter dms exactly um but yeah, yeah. uh what are the so we have a load of more, do we have to load more questions thanks uh, so much for your well, questions Keen asked another question yeah we really appreciate it um who have been the best interviews you've come across in your music journalism careers and why i one immediately comes to mind mm. me um who I, i've already mentioned them actually um, he curated the Grammys uh, hip hop thing. It's Questlove. Uh, he was such a nice fella to talk to because he's a big music nerd. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> I read his book. He's he's such a he's such a music enthusiast. A lovely person to talk. When to. When did you interview him? Um, and for whom? I interviewed him for State Magazine. I was actually going to dig it out. I have it behind me, um, and and have a look at it. Um, I think it was like two thousand seven or eight, 
And just over the phone, and you, you know, phone interviews can be so annoying to do because it's really hard to, it's why I don't do them anymore. Mm. It's really hard to connect with somebody who you've never met and really get rapport with somebody. Yeah. Or, or feel like you had a, a worthwhile conversation that you should share with somebody rather than being, oh, I have to file this copy. Oh, I want something. You, I'm trying to get them to say certain things, whatever. Mm. But Questlove was like, just, you know, riffing on whatever he was into at the time. I can't remember specifically what we even talked about. Do you remember like he, how long you spoke for? I think it was like half an hour. That's yeah, pretty, half an hour, yeah that's pretty nice that for, yeah. for a phoner. Like that's, it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And and then funny enough, I think like one of my first ever interviews, I'd mentioned this before, but it was Adele. And maybe to some of this is retroactive hindsight stuff, but she was so nice and she genuinely was so nice. But it was such a lovely and interview. She does seem nice. Like, she does like, yeah, like I, I want was to in believe her hotel that she's lovely, like Yeah, no, she was. She was she really was. And like it was early on in my music journalism career. I was real I was nervous. She was nervous as well because we just like I was literally in in Brooks Hotel with her in our hotel yeah. room while she was like I oh, know I have to go we have to go downstairs and do photos on the street after this it was oh. like twenty five minutes it was a very plain interview but she just left a really lovely impression on me so I've always I've always cheered her on a little bit since then just like she's class and she was always nice even even though she was you know very early in her career and she didn't have to be she was just a normal gal who with a great voice and uh, she still kind of comes across that way. I yeah. Think. What about yourself? Um, I have a few that kind of, I mean, ones that kind of meant a lot to me because I was like a huge fan of them. Um, and I mean, all of my, all of my interviews are quite recent. I mean, I don't, I didn't do a lot of interviews when I was first starting out, like writing mm-hmm. for blogs and stuff. I mostly did um, album reviews because I just, I, I just didn't have like enough confidence to, interview someone like my first interview was Maya Sophia um and it was a phoner and I think it was a phoner because I was so nervous about doing the interview Mm -hmm. that I wanted to do it over the phone as opposed to face to face which if anyone out there is like looking to get into music journalism and looking or just like journalism in which you're going to be interviewing people I, I would say um face to face is way easier than over the phone but maya was yeah. so so lovely um during that interview and so generous like with her time and with her answers and really considering all the questions i asked her because i was like i'd like you know a list of questions which i don't do at all now i had like a list of questions to ask her but then we ended up just having like a really lovely and open conversation um but yeah ones that meant a lot to me in terms of me loving their music was i interviewed last year i think uh, Rufus Wainwright, who like I'm a very big fan of, and I was like shaking, w- waiting for like the because it's like it's like oh my god I'm going to talk to Rufus Wainwright, but also I have to like he's in America right now. I have to go through yeah like these you know that weird like phone connection stuff where it's like I connect to his PR and then they dial him in or something mm. and all that stuff and you're like yeah and I'm just afraid that the connection's gonna go and he's on the road and it was like it was just all this extra like uh, oh and then you also have to record it on your desk with your uh with your dictaphone and you're afraid that's not gonna pick it up so it's just like so much stress but he was just so so lovely and spoke to me like 
I they'd given me his PR had given me like 20 minutes or something and I think we spoke for close to like 50 minutes or an hour like he was just so right, so okay. generous and lovely and then um Mike Skinner from Streets as well was amazing and was just like a bit of a dream come true even though it was a very very quick Zoom interview that was like you know cut off by the PR after like exactly my 15 minutes but it was just like it was such a privilege but my favorite ever interview it was with um with Denise Tyler the first time I interviewed her I've interviewed her twice now um once for the business post and once for Tatler which the business post like owns um and I think it's my favorite because we like uh, because of that interview ended up becoming really good friends and like I think just that's like the loveliest thing that can come out of you know I think the point of into mm. like being a cultural journalist or a music critic is especially if you're interviewing people is to kind of make a connection and like share like see, see what kind of like values you both share and we really we really did that during our during our first conversation yeah. I think we had a two two and a half hour conversation I want to say over the phone um wow, yeah. and it was just like 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 at the end of the conversation we were both like yeah we're we're friends now <laughs> like we're really good friends now and we are and we we remain really good friends now so I think that's like my that, that would be my favorite one because I got like a really good friend out of it and I've gotten to write about her a lot and um it's it, it can be a strange dynamic <laughs> in a friendship but an interesting one mm. yeah um she's she yeah. says that i can be her official biographer when the time comes around so watch this face <laughs> oh. <laughs> nice <clears throat> i'm looking forward to seeing her soon yeah. at um supporting self-esteem yeah. uh very soon uh, so great. that was one of the questions that Maria asks, Maria, <clears throat> what albums and or gigs are you looking forward to most in 2023? Maria, who uh, who shared on Twitter, uh, the uh, particular <clears throat> nuance and, and specialness of our little Nile and Nine Discord oh, community that we have. Talk about a reason to be cheerful. This was the this was the story this of the week, it. guys. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> the real story oh. of the week was um, so everyone everyone a lot of people have bought. There was a whole batch of uh, Frank Ocean's Blonde on vinyl um, been, that were bought by a lot of people. Mm. Uh, before Christmas, Driving the price uh, of November, my December, original pressing down. So thanks everyone. Yeah. Cheers for that. Sorry about you. <laughs> um, so, but they're, God knows where they're coming from, but they, some of them have been flung far and wide away from their original intended recipient. And Maria was uh, one of those people. I believe she's based in Dublin, yeah. And uh, and instead, um, her album, uh, her vinyl album, ended up in Galway. Yeah. And uh, a lovely, a lovely fellow discorder offered to go pick oh. it up for her. There was sleuthing. She, there was a dark night of the soul moment where where we all thought, look, we all thought that this was gone, uh, the, you know. And then, oh. yeah, I mean, after waiting so long for this, like. Coveted, coveted piece of, piece of, of vinyl. media. You think beautiful. Well, what a story. It's gone. But what was Maria's well, question? Yeah, it's ruined. And um, what albums and/or gigs are you looking forward to most ah, in twenty twenty three? What about in terms albums of gigs? Uh, well, gigs for self esteem, Fight Gapes, uh, Young Fathers, Caller and Rose. They're the ones that I've got coming up for mm. sure. But in terms of albums, I tell you, have you heard the new Lana Del Rey song? No, I haven't. A and W. No. 
It's so Is good. It? Oh my yes. god, I'm it's so happy. insanely good. Um, it's it might be my her favorite song, my favorite song. Really, from her she's ever done. it's really, it's two parts. It's um, two different. Uh, it's I like it already. Two different kind of distinct songs mm. stuck together, but there's a thematic glue around it. Lyrically, really interesting, really kind of cinematic and dramatic, and and talks about like her, her mother and also yeah uh, but it just it just feels like it's it's its own little vignette it's its own little it feels like a song in limbo and that limbo has her in this hotel room mm. watching um very particular uh films and also referencing a tv pro a forensic crime program that she has posted a picture of herself uh with this kind of like taylor swift shit mm. where you're like a fan have noticed that she put up, uh, she was watching Forensic Files and she mentions it in this song oh, okay. today. You're like, what the fuck? That was uh, two years ago. Um, it's a great song. Amazing. A&W. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, maybe, do you want to hear a bit of it? Yeah, sure. No. Why not? Do you want to? Yeah, Come okay. Come on me on this Let's journey, do that. everyone. Well, it's seven minutes long, so we're not going to play the whole okay. thing. But we'll play, tell you what, I'll play the first 30 seconds. Give me the vibe you. check, yeah. I'm in. Yeah. I haven't it's done really a good. cartwheel it's since really I good. was nine. What an opening line. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's really Class. good. Their lyrics are great, you know. Really, really good awesome. song. Yeah, really looking forward to hearing that. That's out March 24th. Oh, not too far away. Another album that's out March 24th in an Irish context, Lancome. Mm. Obviously, we discussed Lancome a couple of weeks ago. Um, they're a new song. But they have an album out called False Lancome on the 24th of March on Rough Trade. Looking forward to hearing that. Also in Irish context, uh, because... Roshan Murphy has an album out uh, at some point this year. And importantly, she's making it with the German producer DJ Cozy. And they have collaborated together a couple of times before, uh, uh, particularly on that track, Illumination. I think it'll be really good because they are, they're very like-minded collaborators. It, it won't be, it strikes me as something that won't be as straight up disco as what Roisin Murphy's done the last couple of bits out. 
like Roisin Machine, her last album. I d- it doesn't feel like it's going to be that. And um, so I'm really looking forward to hearing that. Mm. And uh, there's no release date for that yet, but that is on on the cards. Cool. What about yourself? Um, Gig-wise, I'm really bad at keeping up with like, gigs coming up as the dry cleaning incident this week kind of shows. But um, the, the only <laughs> gig I, I have tickets to, I think, is, is Harry Styles. But um, I'm really excited for it. Like, I honestly can't wait for it. Um, and then albums-wise, yeah, I'd have to go with Boy Genius. Like, I, I just can't believe it's happening. I can't believe we're getting an album. Um, none of us thought it was going to happen. We hoped. We prayed, some of us. But, yeah, that's out in March, I think. So not that far away. And I really like the songs that have been um, released already um i think they released like what three songs three songs yeah yeah so uh march 31st for that um it's going to be called the record i think that's my most like excited album but i'm also excited for lana del rey now that i've heard 30 seconds of this song so yeah they're the Mm. they're the things i'm most looking forward to um i could potentially have tickets to other gigs but i don't no <laughs> I never know until I read your gig guide of what's coming up this week and I'm like oh that's what I'm doing this week Listen, so <laughs> you, I mean, you've saved me more than once why I do. You know? okay. <laughs> I'll say that have you ever actually forgotten uh, completely that a gig was on yeah. and completely missed it yeah. until the night it was happening yeah I have um, I can't remember who but I think that's happened to me maybe twice one, twice one time it was like I realised that day because someone texted me and said like do you want to meet up beforehand tonight? And I'm like, just for fun, before what? <laughs> um, and then another time I realized I had tickets to a gig that had been on the previous night. And I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> mm. But, mm. oh, well, um, it's it's fine. I'm not I'm not that person anymore. I'm much more organized these days, except again with dry cleaning. Uh, but yeah <laughs> well you knew it was on I knew, that's, I, that's, yeah I knew it was on we can give you that but I we can give you I, that. I was I was simply too busy um, do you want another question will I ask you one now sure um, this one I, I don't know what the answer is because I don't produce this podcast Nile does um, but which podcasts have had the biggest influence on the Nile or Nine podcast um I don't know if there was ever a single influence on the podcast no. because it always felt like an extension of what happens on the yes. site. It's basically a more casual format in which to discuss the kind of things that we would cover on the website. Although I feel like between myself and yourself, we kind of uh, we definitely talk more pop stuff uh, on the podcast because I think the podcast that I like to listen to, obviously, I check in with our. Our rivals, no encore, and listen to that R. a fair R. bit. Craig Fitzpatrick, but also, to, really sad news. Oh yeah, this week. yeah. So Craig is Craig leaving. is leaving no encore, yeah. um, and I hope that the, um, I hope the podcast um, still goes. <laughs> you know what I mean. I hope it's not the end of no encore. Yeah, and I don't think it will be. I'm sure it'll go on. I'm sure Dave will soldier on with the no encore podcast. Absolutely, um, he's yeah. been. They've been doing that a long, long time, and uh, I do check in with them pretty regularly. It's one of my favorite listens. Um, but also, it's nice to know. I, I, I'm conscious. I think there was a time where maybe when we first started, we were a bit too close to what they were yeah, doing as we, well we with were songs doing of the week songs and stuff of the like week that. And news, um, and then I think you and I sort of made a 
made a decision to kind of um not not, not to like differentiate ourselves but we we sort of talked about the kinds of podcasts that we like um as being ones that are like maybe a little bit more like informative mightn't be the right word but we started doing the our deep divey. yeah we started doing <laughs> our kind of deep divey episodes where like you'd explain steely dan to topic, me or i'd explain generally. Joni mitchell or something um or yeah. or taking taking an idea like a like having problematic faves things like that um we started to go down that route and i think i think it suits us a lot more than doing like we still talk about news and stuff but i think it suits us a bit more to do the kind of more deep divey stuff because we're both people that if we're really interested in a band or an artist or a topic like you know nostalgia or something like that or like tiktok trends whatever it might be we do like think a lot about it and read a lot about it and kind of find ourselves down yeah. these rabbit holes so it's it's nice that the podcast is a place for us to kind of like put those rabbit holes that we end up yeah. going down um it's like a nice place to like bring someone in to to those topics yeah i you think know? so I think so, and that's what a that's what a, those are the kind of podcasts I like. Yeah, to so the, to like as well. the New York Times podcast, um, I think we've kind of we we've definitely like linked to each other a few times. Um, yeah, I mean, I find sometimes I find uh, people on that a bit annoying, but that's <laughs> the vibe, and that's yeah. fine. And uh, I really like Switched On Pop because they do yeah. uh, good stuff in terms of musicology. Uh, obviously, in terms of an Irish context, as well the point of everything. Shout out, yeah, down, absolutely. Consistently doing good interview stuff now again. Um, good to see, and uh, that's really it. I mean, other than that, <laughs> I don't. I I just listen to the second captain. <laughs> yeah, I'm I like. mean, out, outside of like music podcasts, I I I like engaging with podcasts that kind of reframe things. Um, that might have been like initially misunderstood. So sentimental garbage. Um. Yeah, and obviously, like I, I, I'm now a co-host of Juvenalia. But even before I was a co-host of Ju- Juvenalia, I love how they, um, sort of dealt with the idea of nostalgia, and I always really loved their music episodes in particular, um, and then just kind of like researchy podcasts, like stuff you should know, or like you know, non-music stuff, but kind of conversational. Let's teach each other about a topic um podcasts yeah. are, are the ones that i love like maintenance phase and um uh if books could kill is a new one that i'm completely obsessed with um and yeah i, li- I like that sort of like two people having a conversation about a topic one person might know more than the other so the other person can kind of like ask questions and be the the sort of the representative of of the listener uh sort of thing so yeah that's the, yeah those are the Do you know i think I like. there's actually loads of I think there's actually loads of really good um, music podcasts that were exclusive to Spotify because mm. the interface for Spotify, I I never went back to them. Um, I just never went back to them. Um, I find them hard to find. I'm just looking at them here and now and I'm like, Broken Record, I enjoyed mm. that. Uh, there was other ones like Dissect, which you dip into every Dissect now and again. Dissect was brilliant. The 33 and a Third podcast with Prince Paul, who obviously mm. produced... Uh, Della Soul albums and stuff like that. He has got some good stuff What's that, about that's, particular that's albums. That song one where they break down their songs. Oh yeah, uh, song, song exploder. Although I haven't listened yeah. to that for a long time because I just I don't think I've been into the vibe of whoever's been on it for ages. Do you know but what it's it great. is with that's song exploder? Like usually produced. For, for me, it's that the episodes are too short. 
I don't, I, if I, right, yeah, if yeah. I want, if, if I'm going to be listening to a podcast, I'm kind of like, I need 30 minutes. Like I don't, I don't in 10 minutes, I don't want to be now looking for a new podcast to listen to. Um, so for me, it's like the longer, the better in, in terms of that kind of thing, similar thing with like YouTube videos and video essays and stuff. I'm at the stage now where I'm like, if yeah. it's not 90 minutes, <laughs> I'm not wasting my time, uh, which is so funny. But, um, but yeah, those are the kinds of things that we like. Mm. Yeah, it's funny you're going in and out of listening to things for a while. Sometimes you yeah. binge on them and then sometimes you won't go back for a while. But that's that's the vibe. Um, Seamus asks, have you... Oh, this, this is uh, directed at you, Andrea, definitely. Have you seen evidence of indie sleaze becoming a prominent okay. aesthetic in real life among your own peer groups? Mm. Was it a moment with, uh, with bearing on the physical world or a moment that played itself out online for the most part? Are the TikTok people still interested in these leaves or were they ever or have they moved on? I love, we did a, I love an episode about indie sleaze with Louise McSharry mm. um, last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we still never, no one ever did an indie sleaze club night in the end. No. In Ireland, which we should have done. No. So I love this question because I've, I've been thinking a lot about um, like ever since famously downloading TikTok um, last year, like I've become so interested in the micro trends that crop up on TikTok and, um, and the hold that they have on people and the amount of time that is spent kind of engaging with that content before the next thing comes along. I think Indus Lees is an example of one that kind of had a little bit of longevity. Like we were kind of in, in popular media, we were talking about the return of indie sleaze for like a couple of months, like two or three months, which is way, way longer than the life cycle of uh, a TikTok microtrend. But I think that tic- TikTok people or TikTok moved on from indie sleaze quite quickly. But I think the the sort of perceived longevity of it or, or the perceived like impact of it was probably just because this was one of the first micro trends to break through into like being written about in popular media. So now hmm. there's like there's literally a new trend every few days. Um, and the trend could be like, they're, they're usually aesthetic trends. Sometimes they're makeup trends. Sometimes they're fashion trends. Sometimes they're like, there's a trend of, um, like granola girl is like a look, which is basically just like, you kind of look like you are going on a hike or, or, or whatever, but it's, it's how it like h- how it impacts a lifestyle and it intersects with the idea of the that girl trend are you aware of the that girl trend well tell, tell me so so that is. girl it, it it's like the, the the trend was how to be that girl and that girl is someone who is like um a kind of an aspirational figure she will get up at 5 a.m. and do a Pilates class. She will always wash up her dishes before she goes to bed at night. She will prepare her lunch for the week ahead. You know, she's like, she's that girl, right? Mm. And I think that like when, when you have the intersection of like nostalgia and aspirational that girl um, kind of trend and music, you get the, in, the indie sleaze kind of, 
uh, moment that we had. But I absolutely think it was a moment. It was a flash in the pan. I'd be interested to see now that we actually have a release date for Meet Me in the Bathroom in Ireland, um, what the impact of that will be here. But um, I haven't seen evidence of indie sleaze come back in either the listening habits or the fashion kind of sense because that's what indices was it was kind of both of those things of my friends yeah. i reckon there's just as much nostalgia now as there as there ever was you know in the past like five years um but again i'd be interested to see what what the release of meet me in the in the bathroom is going to do for that and i mean you and i are obviously going to do an episode about meet me in the bathroom like we don't even have to discuss that we know that <laughs> um but, but no i haven't um but I haven't seen evidence of it really. It just, it seemed like something that was being written about um, as, as an anomaly, but, but it's, but these kinds of micro trends have become so common and so kind of quickly in and out of fashion that it's kind of not really worth popular media commenting Mm. on them because by the time you publish the story, it's going to be gone, you know? But you know what? I think there are some, um, versions of 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 these trends where maybe they do go out into the world what i saw was uh matthew perpetua from Fluxbug uh was uh doing playlists and, and writing a little bit about indie sleaze uh its original form and then mm. also shared a playlist called uh, indie sleaze is back baby and and fairly tenuous but i think at the same time i can't remember the guy i found this like newsletter I think I must subscribe to it, but I haven't seen it for a while. Uh, of this, like New York, um, maybe music promoter or like burgeoning journalist mm. going around and like basically describing in very uh, staid terms about like here's where I went last night, here's who I met. It just like it, it was a real throwback mm. to like that era of like who did you who were you with who did you see. It was really innocent mm. and really like strange to see it again. Uh, but looking at the Indie Sleeves Back playlist, um, I see bands like Viagra Boys and Automatic and PVA, Gabe Guernsey. There's nothing that ties these together in the same way. Um, and I think Indie Sleeves was mostly a Brooklyn thing. And, uh, but I mean, a lot I, of these bands I guess are with, all over the with place. whether or not Indie Sleeves is back and not to be like fucking Jordan Peterson over here, but like we do have to kind of like define what back means. It's like, is it back in popular media and popular culture? No, like definitely not the the like aesthetic of like 2000s fashion, for example, that is currently in is very much like the Y2K aesthetic, which is not indie sleeves um it 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 has elements of indie sleeves but you're you're missing a lot of like the vital components namely colored tights um ballet shoes and skinny jeans like they're not they're not there like all clothing is is loose now and you're describing the uniform at antics exactly yeah the antics (laughs) uniform that's not that 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 would that would still be considered quite millennial fashion now and like, just to say, I don't know anything about fashion. This is just stuff that I'm, that I know from TikTok. Um, and I wouldn't, I think know you know a little bit. About. You always say you don't know anything, but you know a little bit. <laughs> I know, I know a bit about like trends, I guess. Um, I just don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't call myself a fashion girl. Well, I don't know my Coco Chanel's from my 
um, Pradas. <laughs> like trying to find a second okay. there. Yeah. <laughs> but but I mean, like, Me so if if it's back in popular media and popular culture, no. Is it back with the people who were there the first time? I'd argue that like the people who were there the first time never grew out of it, um, and are just excited to yeah. have an excuse to talk about it again. And crucially, I think the naming of the era. It, like the kind of retrospective naming of a time in your life is a really it's a strange feeling like there was a lot of conversations when the term indie sleaze came out around the term indie sleaze because it, it was very very well named it felt right to the people who were involved in it the first time and it sort of legitimizes a, a kind of an, an adolescent experience for people when you give it a name like the you know the summer of love wasn't called the summer of love at the time you know that like all like beatlemania was called beatlemania at the time i think actually but do, do you know what i mean it's kind of like na- naming yeah. a thing legitimizes it as as an experience as and and as a as a legitimate kind of stage and and point in popular music history and people got to be excited about having been there but i don't think it has any um i don't think it has any value for people who are young enough now to want to emulate it because there's already 25 million other things that people want to emulate. Like they're looking at Harry Styles and and thinking about the 1970s. They're looking at Lana Del Rey and thinking about like the 1930s. You know, there's, there's already too many eras and indie sleaze is very, very low on the list of things that people want to emulate because it's too, it's proximity to us in time is too close really. And also it's, it's deeply, deeply connected with a millennial sense of identity, which is, what Gen Zers are trying to differentiate themselves from. So maybe indices will make a return in like a big way, but it probably won't be until like we're around to Generation Alpha. That would be my yeah. When you see a, a see a band, <laughs> see a band of of four lads with with moppy haircuts and uh, leather jackets and uh, skinny jeans mm. and. They're it feels talking dated. about um, the influence. Yeah, it is. It is. Dated, you know, of course. it um, does. I mean, go back and look at what Interpol looked like around the time of Meet Me in the Bathroom mm. <laughs> that they're talking about. Uh, they look like nerds. <laughs> yeah. But like uh, it feels yeah, like I mean, it it can still, you can still have like a classic rock look. Like I think if a band came out now and dressed the way that the Strokes dressed, for their first album, you'd be like, okay, they're a rock band, but they're not exactly current. They're not exactly pushing boundaries, yeah. whereas they were very, very current in the early 2000s. So I think that's the difference, do you know? But if you dress like a band uh, like Architecture in Helsinki right now, I would sit up and, <laughs> and notice. <laughs> All bright colours and like pedal pushers yeah. and uh, um, jeans uh, or uh, long uh, shorts that were... Too long for you. <laughs> All that kind of stuff. Not good. I'm sure Not there's good. a micro trend anyway. out there for you, Niall. You just need to find it. <laughs> it's is, probably called is, like no. Big Brother Core or something. Like God knows what it's called. <laughs> but yeah, that's a great question. And it, it um, I got to think about it a lot today. And um, yeah, thanks for that question. 
Right, we have a few more questions because we've already hit the hour mark. So okay. Stephen asks, what are your favorite music videos of all time, both Irish and international, if you want? Mm. I can tell you mine. I'm a big fan of Spike Jones's videos. Obviously, he did a couple of Beastie Boys videos, namely Sabotage, uh, one of the best music videos of all time, and Sure Shot as well. But he also did uh, Daft Punk's The Funk as well, the really uh, cute one. Um, with the story with the the dog head, the one who meet the guy who who's a dog who meets his old like uh, crush, and he won't get on the bus because uh, he has a ghetto blaster. Mm. It's really cute. Um, also Michelle Gondry music videos. He has a number of great ones, like uh, another Daft Punk one actually around the world. Uh, White Stripes. He did a load of White Stripes videos, including mm. Fell in Love with a Girl. Uh, Kylie Minogue's Coming to My World as well. It's a great one. And I think he did. Did he do? No, Spike Jones did. Fat Boy Slim actually praise you. That was another one. Um, and Johnny Cash's Hurt, which Mark Romanek did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's ah. in it, isn't he? He's he is the guy and praise you. That's good. Yeah, good so good information. Yeah. <laughs> um I, I bought a few DVDs back in the day of like music video directors, they mm. and all like nice definition ones of it. And there was Michelle Gondry, uh, Jonathan Glazer, uh, who does the uncle one with the car that smashes the bits with the Tom York song Rabbit in Your Headlights. Mark Romanek as well, I think, as well. Uh and Michelle Gondry. And a lot of fun. In terms of an Irish context, though, uh, Sinead O'Connor, nothing compares yep. to you, probably. I do have a 50 best Irish music videos of all time that we did a few years ago. And then, obviously, Burnt Out, um, the project of uh, that Dave Balfe was involved in before, For Those I Love. Uh, an amazing music video um, called Dear James, which I've talked about it before. You should have a look at it if you've not seen it. Burnt Out, Dear James, is one of those special videos that goes, defies your expectations. And uh, it's very subtle in the way that it's done. And uh, but you got to look out for it because there's something special on going on in there. So do look out for that. That's burnt out. And dear James, would you would you know your favorite music videos of all time or yeah. nod to a few? Um, I have a lot. I I love and have always loved me music videos. My first dream job was to direct music videos. I used to draw, what do you call them? You know, when you're making a movie and you make like, a, hmm. you know, those little boxes or whatever. I can't remember the name of it now, but I used to draw out ones for like, um, for um, songs that I really liked that either didn't have a music video or I thought I could do a better job of the music video. So like, I, I love music videos. Um, Favorite ones, um, director wise, I absolutely love Richard Ayoade's um, music video kind of canon. My favorite of his is um, the um, Vampire Weekend video for Oxford Comma because I'm an absolute sucker for any kind of like one shot mm. in in a movie or or in yeah. like a music video i think that's a brilliant one uh he also did cornerstone by the arctic monkeys he did heads heads will roll by the aes thought the impaler kasabian cape cod vampire weekend um last shadow puppets my mistakes were made for you and standing next to me and fluorescent adolescent um by Arctic Monkeys. He's like, he kind of flies under the radar as like quite a prolific music video director. And I think he's brilliant at it. In terms of like, yeah, favorite music videos of all time. I always remember the first time I saw the music video for Karma Police by Radiohead. 
and just thinking like mm. this is art like this is you know I was like just about at the age where I was starting to appreciate that kind of thing and starting to kind of like form my own taste in music and music videos and aesthetics and things so I think Karma Police is great again a kind of a one-shot story um, I was Jonathan Glazer yeah. yeah absolutely a beautiful music video um I love a lot of Radiohead music videos the one for Man of War um which was released with okay not okay is just absolutely incredible stunning and uh no surprises as well as another another favorite Radiohead um I think they've got an excellent catalog of of music videos what else do I love I always really like 99 problems with Jay-Z I think that's a great music video and Bad Romance by Lady Gaga is one that I would watch a lot. I like a good dance routine in a music video. But yeah, it's hard to pin down favorite of all time. I'd, I'd maybe pick Karma Police just because it's the one that I, that kind of had like the most effect on me like quite early. Yeah. And it probably like helped me develop, develop that taste for like quite understated storytelling in music videos. But that, um, that is still like really quite impactful um without doing without yeah. doing too much um and you know there's the classics like thriller and all that but you know boring uh, <laughs> yeah yeah oh formation by beyonce as well uh another michelle gondry one was uh the mass attack protection one where mm. everyone's uh they're all lying down but it doesn't look like they're lying down, but it, they, they are lying down. It's, yeah, that's yeah. a, that's a really like, one of those mind boggling, like, how did they, how are they doing this I exactly? I like that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I love those ones. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like. Uh, Lucas with the lid off as well is another one that uh, Michelle Gondry did. He's a French rapper. It's one of those one shot, but Michelle Gondry sets it up in that your man has to run around to different like sets and mm. it's so well done. It's like a brilliant uh, example of that kind of, the treatment of, of of actually getting the production spot on for three and a mm. half minutes and it's really really good yeah great and we both have to mention outside by george michael as well in terms of impact in terms oh, yeah. of like you know not neither of us were around for it like properly as adults with like fully formed prefrontal cortexes at the time but in terms <laughs> of impact and you know shock value and statement i think outside by um, George Michael is like one of the bravest um, music videos that just that just got the tone exactly right. Um, it's it's mm. outstanding. I still watch it like quite regularly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, music video. Right. But I do. I love music videos. Love them. If we weren't doing our dream jobs now, what jobs do you think we'd be doing? What jobs do we think we'd be doing? I'm going to take this as what jobs this do we hope we'd be doing? Because if I wasn't working in the media slash making podcasts slash doing a PhD, I quite literally have no other skills. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've, I've quite, I've been bad at every single job I've done until I started writing and talking about music. Um, and I'm not exaggerating. I was a, I worked in retail. I worked in a smoothie shop. I worked in as front of house in like a student accommodation thing. I was so bad at all of it. So once I discovered that I could write and talk about music, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Something I yeah. Can do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, fair enough. Um, the boring answer is so, probably yeah. I would be doing something with web technologies uh, because I 
it's a big part of my job that maybe people don't realize, which uh, it's spending a lot of time fixing and uh, messing with code and doing bits. And, you know, like I built the website uh, and the design mm. myself. So <laughs> that means I'm responsible for all that. So it is kind of part of my job already. Um, but yeah, probably something like that. Um, yeah. But what about dream wise? I don't think I ever. Yeah. See, I don't. Are, are you living the dream? I, I never had any big like goals to do anything other than what i'm doing really yeah, yeah i mean it's i i do you do kind of wonder how long you can keep doing something but like at the same time it's been working out so well so far yeah so i guess so it is hard though it is hard. i think it's hard when you choose a career that isn't like you know the typical uh, pension career mm. uh it's you know it's everything's on you and and a lot of you know um there can be, I'm, I'm used to it now, but there can be a lot of, for people who go freelance and, and, and look after their own affairs, it can be quite tricky yeah. to navigate that whole tax thing and all that. Definitely had years where I was like, what the hell is going on? I don't understand how much money I can earn yeah. or how much I actually have or can I save money? Um, better at it now these days, I think. So uh, yeah. that is tough. But uh, yeah, I think <sighs> if, yeah, if it took I me a while to do it. Yeah, I mean, I was freelance for what, like two years, um, like fully freelance. And it is like, it it's completely thrilling. And um, the freedom you have is amazing. And you do have time to kind of do like personal creative projects. Like I, I started my own podcast during that time and I did two seasons of it. And like, I just, I got to do a lot of really fun stuff and set my own schedule and all that. But like, Jesus Christ, is it, is it tough? Like, is it stressful? You're, you never, you never stop working. Cause even when you're not working, your, your brain is still like, mm, probably should be working. It's very hard to t- take a day off kind of thing. But yeah, uh, any, any of my kind of like aspirations that I've ever had in terms of careers have always been in those kind of very tricky, um, industries like if I wasn't doing this I'd probably be trying to write books maybe and you know that's not a very stable industry either so I think it's just yeah it's one of those things yeah that's something actually I was interested in way back Mm. um something I wanted to do yeah um, when I was like 12 was kids books (laughs) yeah I I wrote a couple of kids books in college um, I never did yeah. anything with them um, because I thought you had to also illustrate them. <laughs> you don't at all. <laughs> I've since found out. Yeah. But um, yeah, but, you I know, think I've. Yeah, that's, that's something I completely forgot about. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And then obviously directing music videos was my was my first my first dream. But um, yeah. But yeah, no, living <laughs> the dream right now. Just you know, underpaid, overworked, doing a PhD, loving academic life that's it's great Good. i love it but Good. yeah and <laughs> um, paddy asks uh i mean he's a few questions here so you can you can pick and choose which one because i'm conscious of time okay. here uh, your favorite albums uh, uh of let's go with your favorite albums of uh the time since we started the podcast mm. that come to mind or the albums artists you were wrong about and change your minds about mm. Or worst albums or shows you had to review in that time. Oh, interesting. Okay. I think for so the 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 first question albums that like Sorry. We both went off there. Um 
I don't know if I've ever put the boot into anything uh, too badly on the podcast, I don't think, unless I'm wrong. Uh, I feel like we have. I feel like I have. <laughs> You're, you, you tend to be the more tempered one. You tend to be like, yeah, but. <laughs> and I'm like, no. What about this? Um, I mean, once I was wrong about, I guess, um, it wasn't an episode with you. It was, you were off. It was a 1975 review that I did with Luke and it was for oh, yeah. um, a brief inquiry, I think. And I yeah. listened to the album and I didn't like it. And we did the review and then the next, and then, and then I went to see the show and then the next week I came back with like basically like a prepared statement <laughs> to be like everything I said last <laughs> I have some notes. Everything I said last week. <laughs> I'd like to retract, I retract that statement. It. They're the best band in the world. Um so yeah, I guess I guess me not initially liking this 1975 and then them going on to become one of my favorite bands is a kind of a you're wrong about moment. Um but no, I don't think I've changed my mind too much on major albums. Um, and then with, with with the last question of like al- albums that have come out since the start of the podcast, like I think I think there are a few albums that we have that you and I have that we've discussed on this podcast that are just kind of more important than other albums. Do you know what I mean? Like like Julia Jacklin or Neve Regan mm, or yeah, like you I know had kind that of my list, yeah. yeah like these albums for that those I love we, would be a big one here for me for those I love yeah like the ones where we kind of went into big them teeth, with yeah like we, we before we started the podcast we either didn't know these artists because they didn't exist yet or we weren't aware of them and the kind of the discovery process that we had through the podcast that we mightn't have like like I, I mightn't mm. have listened to the album otherwise, or you mightn't have spent as much time with the album if it hadn't been for the podcast, if, if you were kind of, you know, putting it in a list on the website or something um, that we kind of like, there's, there are some albums that we kind of discovered together through the podcast that have become quite important, like an important part of like the little like lore of the podcast, you know? And I, I think N- Neve Regan is definitely one. Julia Jacqueline is definitely one. Like, who else did you mention? Big Thief. Um Big Thief. Um Yeah, whenever whenever like there's yeah, there's a few artists kind of who were like who, who who were just like, yeah, this is these are part of like the fabric of this podcast. And we do kind of tend to like reference them a lot. So yeah. <laughs> CMAT as well. <laughs> well yeah, absolutely. CMAT. Um a, a lot of mentions for CMAT. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's yeah, there are definitely albums that we MF do that we come back to a lot. Um having kind of discovered them and talked about them a lot on the podcast. Um but I'd have no idea how to mention what the best album or how to think about what the best albums from 2018 was mainly because I've no sense of like time passing or when things That's why out. I do lists every year so I can <laughs> yeah. go and refer back to them and have a look. Yeah. So they are yeah. all there. Um, uh, in terms of uh, Stinker, well, we did a whole episode about songs we hate and we're probably going to have to do that again. <laughs> I, I, That was one of our most popular ep- episodes because hate is a powerful thing. I, I really loved doing that episode and I think that we should find another excuse to do it again it was it was that was so much fun it's a once a year vibe for sure 
you mm. definitely did that once a year. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. That was yeah, that was that was one of the like the most fun episodes we've done. I think it was like one of the ones I enjoyed so much because we were both just like, and I think we'd both had like really bad days that day, and you had a lot of like. um problems with like your mic or your tech or something so you kind of you came into the podcast bullying and I was like I'd had like a really shit day and we were both just like right let's fucking tear apart some songs like let's fucking dig the heel in we <laughs> don't do this often so let's really go for it so yeah that was yeah. that was really fun one. we should we should do that again another fun one that comes to mind is Enya the Enya, the one. Enya one and the Yacht Rock one and the Italo Disco yeah. one and the Steely Dan one look there's loads of them there Paddy also asked, uh, uh, what were some of the best tips you received on the Discord? Because, you know, the Discord is a lovely little community. If you want to join us, it's patreon.com forward slash nine or nine. I'd like to shout out Indigo, Indigo D'Souza, who's an artist that some of the Discorders have been mentioning for a while now. Uh, finally, only listened to a, the uh, just a song. I haven't even heard the album yet, but just a new song that came out last week. Mm. But I wouldn't be aware of it unless somebody had... Because I think you miss that. You miss that, like, that community of people, you know, even especially when you get a bit older, like, your friends don't talk to you as much about music anymore. Yeah. And that's just the fact of life. That's from that's what's happened for me. And then I think people assume that I know everything mm, and then I, they don't send me anything. I, I get that from people <laughs> um, who aren't, like, in music, you know, who don't listen to music for a living or whatever. I can definitely notice that, like, people don't talk to me, like, my friends don't talk to me as much about music because they assume I've already heard something or they won't send me a recommendation because they'll assume I've already heard it. Like I haven't like <laughs> send me recommendations. Always send it. Always, Always send, send it. it. Yeah. Um, well, the, the best good. tip from the discord though, I, you know, I get a lot of really good film and television recommendations in there. Um, yeah. I don't always click the music that's shared just because I, I don't, like my my day doesn't allow for a lot of like music listening these days um but i should start making playlists from them but um i get a lot of really mm. good recommendations for music uh, or for um film and television and books as well like the the books thing uh the books little section um it's not always popping but when it is popping it's good um so and just like just people sharing articles like I'm always going on about like I'm not on Twitter anymore but I'm not so I do miss like kind of you know the big the big article like the Nepo yeah. Babies or whatever the big conversation that week is um, if it's not posted in the Discord I'm probably not going to see it so um, yeah the Discord is like yeah I like that we, have an, we have an article link uh, channel which is great for just throwing things in even just for yourself you'll be like oh this is really interesting and I want to read the rest of this mm. Uh, I did I did do that recently with one of the songs we featured in the songs we hate mm. which was um the article you know Stereogum's um series about uh number ones and they did Daniel Powder's Bad Day oh yes and I really enjoyed reading all about that because actually it wasn't a big it wasn't a big um hit really in the same way that it was what I learned of was it was very popular in Ireland it uh, wasn't quite as <laughs> popular in North America uh, until it was used in American Idol. So it came a few months later or maybe even a year later. So mm. interesting. Um, but also just a fucking hilariously bad one hit wonder. But mm. look, I think that's enough for this week. Yeah, just it's, just before we just before we finish, I want to shout out. I'm not going to name any names because then we're just going to forget people. And and then it's a whole thing. But. 
we've had some like really, really, really great guests who we've interviewed for this podcast. And some of them have like become my pals. And a lot of them have like, we've interviewed them, you know, quite early in their career and they've gone on to do great things. So like for you guys, you're welcome, um, you know, for, you know, kicking off your career. But, um, but we've had like some incredible guests on this podcast who have always just been so lovely and generous with their time and also like other journalists coming on and discussing, you know, areas of expertise that they might have that we don't have. Um, so thank you to all of them um, for contributing to some of those 200 episodes um, that we've apparently done, which still seems fake to me, but there you go. Yeah. Fake, fake news. news. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Podcast on either9.com if you want to uh, leave any feedback to us and we'd appreciate that. Um, yep. But just tell your friends that you're listening to the 909 podcast. That's all we want, really. And yeah. Patreon.com. And thanks so much for listening. Forward slash 909 if you want to join us. All right, that's it from us this week. I'm going to get some dinner. Yo. Me too. <laughs> Thanks so Excitement. much for listening. Excitement build. Bye. 200 more. 200, 200 more. 200, 200 more. more. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 